For today's thought of the day, we're going to look at John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. And this is the story of the Samaritan woman. At this time, Jesus was traveling through Samarian, and he came to a woman at a well. One of the significant things about this story is the Samaritan and Jews were not to associate with each other for who knows what. We're never told why the Samaritans and the Jews are not supposed to talk to each other. But Jesus went out of his way to go through Samaria when he came to a woman at a well. And this woman was gathering water and the woman questioned Jesus. Jesus asked the woman, will she give him a drink? And at this time, disciples were nowhere around him. And then the woman specifically said in verse 9, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And so right there, that tells us that we were to put it in modern days. We have examples of this. We have racism, which would put us at racism today. We have individuals who don't talk to specific groups of people because of why. We don't know why, but they don't. They don't associate with members of society. And then, but Jesus responds to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And so he's inviting the Samaritan woman as invitation to accept him as his, as her savior. And that's how the international starts. And then further down, Verse 13, Jesus responds again, Anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And so, Jesus is t- her a second invitation to come into his life and follow him. And she wants him to give her the water so she won't be thirsty again. There's another comment of the story. Jesus responds, Go call your husband and come back. How did he know that she had a husband? But Jesus knows all. Then response says, I have no husband, she replied. How do, how do you think the woman felt knowing that Jesus knew she didn't have no husband? But indeed, he responded. He said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now, now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And so, he knows that this Samaritan woman has had more than one husband. We're never told what the girl's name is, what this woman's name is, why she's had so many husbands. But could it be that she got what she wanted from each one and then left? Or she didn't receive what she needed from each one left. We're never told much that happened. But if we were to put this in modern day, some people will be satisfied with one person. And when that relationship's not going well, they find satisfaction in something else. Or that happens a lot. 
you see as a sense where we don't know what made Jesus go through Samaria. Was he trying to intentionally prove a point? Why would he respond to her and let her know that she has no husband, that she has had five husbands? How did he know that? Jesus knows all. And so at some point, she realizes that he is a prophet. She realizes that Jesus is a prophet. But she also said the Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And so she has made it there, so she's aware that he's a prophet. She's aware that they must worship in Jerusalem as a Samaritan. And the woman, Jesus replied to her, Believe me, a time is coming when you all, you when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship that what you do not know. We worship what we do know. Her salvation is from the Jews. And so we have a sense where this, all the Samaritans worship a different God. That we're not, worship somebody else but not Jesus. We're never told that, but it appears that they are. Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father and the Spirit in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God and Spirit and worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. The woman knew that the Messiah is coming. She knew that, but he then he responded, I am he. The Samaritan knew that the Messiah was coming. They knew of Jesus, but why did they not worship him? What was going through their mind that they could not worship? Were they scared of who Jesus was? So you have a lot that happens in these short 26 verses. Jesus intentionally travels through Samaria, where he meets this woman at the well. He asks the woman for a drink, and she, she says, Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And then he gives her two times where he tells her about his eternal gift. Your correlation is he's inviting her into his life to follow him. Does she follow? Eventually she does. If we read further on to the rest of this story, which is 27 through 42, you will see what has happened after the Samaritan woman at the well has happened. And then Jesus questions her and tells her she has had five husbands and the one man that she is with currently is not her husband. So he acknowledged that. So he knew that they worshiped two different people. And she knew that Messiah was coming. This lady, Samaritan woman, knew this. But why did the Samaritans not want to follow the Jews, the custom of the Jews back then? We were never told that. Just like the world today, if you know Jesus is coming, but you live a life unpleasing to him, what better are you than the person before you? Could it be that Samaritans thought they were overpowered or better better than Jesus, better than Jews? As you're listening to the Samaritan story, and you continue on to 27 to 42, eventually it comes out that the Samaritans quickly realize that they are to follow Jesus. And they believe what the woman said because they have seen it for themselves. They probably questioned her at some point. And so, in a friendly way, he's looking for salvation for her, bringing her to him. And so, if we put a modern-day twist on this, 
if Jews do not associate with Samaritan back then, we're doing the same thing today. We as America don't associate with certain people because of their race, their ethnicity, their beliefs. We we don't like someone's opinion. We have nothing to do with them. Why can't we learn to di- learn to agree to see? Learn to agree to disagree. So you can disagree with somebody, but you don't have to take it out on them. You don't have to keep bringing it up. So there's a lot that's happening here in this encounter with the Samaritan woman. As you go throughout the week, are you going to be the Samaritan woman who knew who Jesus was? She knew his side was coming, but really felt like the world was maybe caving in on her? Or you'd be like Jesus who went through Samaria on a mission to bring others to him. And he wanted a place to live in water. And this comes right after. The story follows directly after Jesus teaches Nicodemus. The story of Nicodemus right after that. And after Jesus is baptized. And he's calling disciples. So you always look before and after to see what's happening. So before this, we have the story of Nicodemus. Jesus is being baptized. And then we jump into, he's baptized, he's going to go into Samaria. He's preaching the good news, what he's called to do. Why are we afraid to do what Jesus calls us to do? God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. What makes us superior than others? We could sit there and really bring out, but the verses that really stand out to me is verse 9 and 16 and 17. Jesus, right away, the Samaritan, Jesus knows her. She knows that she's had more than one husband. He knows this. But he does not, he knows this, but he does not share away. He keeps trying to get her to come to him. And at some point, all the Samaritans believe. So as you go out, your week, are you going to be like the Samaritan woman who knew Jesus, knew of him, but didn't, took a while for her to figure who he was, or are you going to be like Jesus who continually goes on his life and baptizes the world and tells, preaches the good news about his him to the world? Stop and think. Is there someone in your life who you need to preach the good news to. Do you have to go out of your way? To go out of your way to become a friend with somebody you don't want to talk to. Maybe you have somebody that you need to forgive, an enemy, that you need to be just like this story is and talk to the individual you have not you don't want to talk to. And see if you can bring them to salvation. Take care and have a wonderful week.
Zone schools. Leaders want to transition those schools to a balanced calendar. Yes, some are calling this year-round schooling. Operation Education reporter Kristen Bean shows us what this proposal looks like. South Bend's Empowerment Zone was created in 2019 as a way to turn around the failing schools. Zone leaders say this school calendar proposal could boost student academic achievement, eliminate summer learning loss, and decrease teacher burnout. This is sixth grade math class at Navarre Middle School. There's a negative, positive, 
math teachers Amber Dietz and special ed teacher Amber Fisher tag team to help the kids grasp the concepts. They notice after long breaks, these kids need more help. We see typically about a semester loss. That means these teachers spend a lot of time reteaching. The first week or two, we try to make up some of that, but some of it's just gone. A new proposal by Empowerment Zone leaders seeks to shorten summer break and also offer more instructional intervention to students who fall behind. I'm just asking folks to be open-minded. Empowerment Zone Chief Davion Lewis and other school leaders have been doing town halls and surveying families and teachers about what next year's school calendar should look like. This town hall was held in February and streamed online. The model that we are proposing is called a 45-15 balanced calendar. Zone leaders want to stretch out the school year. Kids would still go to school for 180 days, but in the zone, they would start the school year on July 31st, go to school for nine weeks, and then take a three-week break, and do that for every quarter of school. Summer break would be five weeks. This is what a balanced calendar that we're proposing will look like in a calendar version. So I know it's very tempting to call it year-round schooling. It's, it's not quite that. It is what it's called a balanced calendar where you're balancing the days and the breaks evenly over the course of the year. Lewis says adjusting the zone's school calendar in this way will allow more breaks for educators and staff. And he says during the breaks, struggling students will be able to get additional supports and targeted interventions to help eliminate learning loss. For parents concerned about childcare, Lewis says the schools will offer day camps. Not only could this be good for kids, but it could really be beneficial for the adults who have to be in front of your kids and take care of them for eight hours a day. Once you live it, you'll love it. Empowerment Zone leaders have been working with David Hornack. He's the executive director of the National Association for Year-Round Education. The pandemic has, has uh, intensified the interest, and I am helping districts across the nation conceive what this looks like in their learning communities. Hornack recommends districts draft a calendar that meets the needs of their own learning community by looking at the last few years of attendance and scheduling breaks at points that attendance of students and teachers tends to dip. This calendar tends to be viewed as being more humane. You work really, really hard for a period of time and there's a scheduled break. Hornack's research shows balanced calendar adjustments improve teacher morale and student learning. Let's use the 180-day school year more efficiently by shortening summer, adding additional breaks, inserting what, you, what is called intercession, which is that academic uh, remediation and or enrichment period during a scheduled school break for select students and then you can all of a sudden give a student what they need in real time. A main goal of the zone is to strengthen academic outcomes for students. When the zone was created, Navarre had failing accountability grades from the state. While improvements have been made, there is still a long way to go. What kind of feedback and online there have been questions and concerns. He says he's working hard to address those and will not make a decision that isn't supported by the feedback. So we have a choice. We can continue to do the same thing, getting the results that we've always gotten, or we can try to do something different and see if we get different results. I've heard both. I've heard from some other colleagues. Some like it, some don't. Um, I actually would like it. Dietz and Fisher are excited about the possible schedule change. Both say it would be better for them professionally and better for their students.
No decision has been made. Lewis says he'll post all the feedback he receives online before he makes a recommendation to the zone board in April. I'll post a link to what the proposed balanced calendar will look like on our website. And on Wednesday, what parents are saying about their concerns and questions. In the studio, Kristen Bean, WSBT 22 News. Zone schools could switch to a year-round school calendar. Now, zone leaders called it a balanced calendar, but summer break would be cut in half. Yeah, and there is still a lot of time for you to weigh in and let leaders know what you think about this possible change. Operation Education reporter Kristen Bean shows us the kind of feedback the proposal's already getting. On the Empowerment Zones website, leaders are constantly updating a frequently asked questions document after they get feedback. That gives us some idea of the questions and concerns the zone has received so far. You know, I always kind of like to remind folks that uh, one of the most dangerous things we can just say is that we've always done it this way. This is Davian Lewis, the chief of the Empowerment Zone at last night's town hall meeting. Give us all of your ideas um, and I will consider it. Uh, if you are absolutely against a balanced calendar, put that. You will not hurt my feelings. He's proposing a balanced calendar for schools in the empowerment zone. So I know it's very tempting to call it year-round schooling. It's, it's not quite that. It is what it's called, a balanced calendar, where you're balancing the days and the breaks evenly over the course of the year. This means for the 2023 to 2024 school year, students will still attend for 180 days. The school year would begin at the end of July, and then there would be more breaks during the year. School would be in session for nine weeks with three-week breaks in between. Summer break would be five weeks instead of the traditional 10 weeks. What kind of feedback have you heard? Good, bad, mixed? mixed. It's been mixed. The Zone has been holding town halls, presenting to stakeholders and unions, and collecting parent and teacher surveys. The National Education Association president for South Bend says the teachers union has no comment. That could be because reaction amongst teachers is varied. I've heard both. I've heard from some other colleagues. Some like it, some don't. Um, I actually would like it. The coordinate plane. Amber Dietz is a sixth grade math teacher at Navarre. She and special ed teacher Amber Fisher team teach. They both say they like the idea of a balanced calendar even though they live in and their children attend school in a traditional calendar district. They felt that going to school for a shorter period of times with a little bit of break in between was much more beneficial for them and their mental capacity to learning instead of just being so overloaded with all the information at one time. I'm for it. By the time end of June, after the 4th of July, I'm bored. I'm sitting at my house. I'm like, what do I need to do for next year? Zone leaders say feedback from parents also varies. In the comments section on some of the Zone's town hall meetings, parents have said, so how is it going to work with the parents' schedule if they have younger kids and they don't have kid care? Another parent said, I think it would be a hard change. Parents plan for trips over the summer months due to kids having school during the rest of the year, plus with parents that have small children and no child care. Mom Jessica Joyce Green didn't want to speak on camera, but told us she's very much against the change. She said it would be too much for parents and students. I know for a lot of folks it's scary. Um, I know for a lot of our families there are questions around childcare and things of that nature. I get all of that and I'm certainly uh, happy to answer all of those questions. Um, but you know, what I would say to folks is, or schools didn't get the way that they are today um, overnight. 
right? And so these schools in particular have been using the traditional calendar since they've been in existence. And we see that, you know, it's not necessarily given us the outcomes for kids that we wanted. The Empowerment Zone was created as a way to turn the schools around after years of failing accountability grades from the state. The next school year would be the final year of the original five-year plan. It's still unclear what's next for the zone. In October, zone leaders made major changes, including requiring school uniforms and implementing early dismissal on Thursdays for teacher development. Lewis says despite big improvements over the past couple months, some families are still angry about those changes. So we have a choice. We can continue to do the same thing, getting the results that we've always gotten, or we can try to do something different and see if we get different results. This time around, Lewis and zone leaders are trying to address all concerns. So again, this is a proposal. A decision has not been made. The website is updated regularly to address new questions, and he says he won't make a recommendation unless it's supported by the feedback. Lewis will make a calendar recommendation to the Empowerment Zone Board in April. He says he could recommend the balanced calendar as initially proposed, a balanced calendar that has been adjusted based on feedback, or a traditional calendar that aligns with South Bend school schedule. All survey results and information received will be posted online before that recommendation is made. In the studio, Kristen Bean, WSBT 22 News. You ever feel like the world is caving in on you? Sometimes we get stuck in this rant that we need to do something about it. That's not always the case. There are tons of people out there who will be willing to listen to you, tell your story, and help you through the darkness hours of life. There has been way too many people who are being bullied because of their beliefs, because of the way they look, and all this stuff. Sometimes nothing's being done. So they do the ultimate thing. Is they, they don't think they have nowhere to turn to, so they just give up and take their own life. Although sometimes we can try to reach out to them and be a listening ear, but they still feel unwanted. Nobody is listening to them while they're going through difficulties. Well, bullying is the number one reason why young people take their own lives. We need to do better at making sure our young people know that there is someone who cares for them, that they are involved in some type of after-school activity or in sport, something that keeps them motivated. You may look at a young person and say, he or she has it all together, but maybe they're struggling at home. They're struggling with whatever it may be. And a lot of times, these young people are turning to negativity negativity, and bad habits they probably shouldn't be doing at such a young age. And sometimes it takes one individual to make a difference in their lives. Further, in life, adults struggle too, and they may want to take their own lives too. And sometimes the support is out there. We just don't have the resources to go and talk to somebody. We don't want to let nobody into our lives when we feel inadequate. We feel like the world is caving in.
a lot of times when you do a kind gesture to somebody, you're going to brighten their day. As adults, as children, young people, brightening someone's day should be the first step of life, you would think. Make sure we are trying to be the rainbow in some of his clouds. Being a shining rainbow will help them know that they are loved no matter what age they are. No matter what walk of life you are in. You could be a very young kid or teenager or adult who is going through something traumatic. And sometimes it's bullying that's really bringing us down. You can say... <clears throat> We have a no bullying zone in progress, but sometimes it's not implemented in schools like it should be or workplace. There's all sorts of things that could bring us down, but bullying is a very big one. And a lot of times, people who are being bullied at some point give up and want to take their own lives. But you could be that shining armor in their lives or that mentor in their lives to really focus their attention on who they are. We don't think about how the other person feels if we are the person who's being the bully. There's a lot of craziness in the world that causes someone to take their own life. And it may not just be bullying. That's a perfect example. It could be they're struggling through daily lives. Maybe somebody important in their life has left this earth and they don't know how to cope with it. So they turn to stupid things, negativity things, things they probably should not be doing. And they'll take a toll. Addiction is something that's difficult for people too. Maybe you're somebody who knows somebody that's going through addiction and you're trying to be the strong one. Maybe you're a single mother or a single parent who is trying to provide the best for your kids, but you're falling short and you feel inadequate. You're trying to do everything you can, but your ch child or children are struggling. Sometimes children don't want adults in their lives. Maybe we need to stop the children first and see why the children are struggling and get to know them first before we make a judgment. There is a right and wrong way to get the child's attention to bring them back to reality. We are approaching a one-year anniversary of a young person who took home life because she was bullied. She was somebody who was a kind soul. People loved her. I don't know her personally, but the stories that were brought out about her was a miracle. She was a good drawler. She brought a smiling face everywhere she went, but she was hurting. She was living a life that people around her looks like they failed her as who she was. There comes times in our lives where we need to think about our young people who are taking their lives too soon. A lot of times our young people are pulling the trigger on other people for no reason at all. Matter of fact, everyone is pulling the trigger on anybody for anything for no reason at all. You can't even step foot outside without thinking, where am I going to go? Is there some out there waiting to take my life? And so... There sometimes we need to stop and think, what are we doing to better the life of somebody else? There's too many young people who are taking their lives way too soon, and they're starting 
young. I know a lot of kids who are 10, 11, 12 who have took their own lives, who I know through the school system. I make them personally, but you don't know if they're struggling. So it's time that we rise up and try to empower young people at a young age, empower teenagers as they mature into adults. Adults struggle too. Adults do get bullied, but we don't hear about it as often. You don't hear about it. When stuff is not going their way, adults will pull the trigger. Young people pull that trigger, and it's something that's really alarming in the world today. A lot of people say that the pandemic of 2020 caused people to lose their minds. That could be the case, but this has been going on way before the pandemic of 2020. Mental illness is on the rise. Anyone can say they have mental illness. They take mental illness. People do have true mental illnesses out there, and they do have true mental illnesses. But then there's people who will say they have a mental illness to get out of something. But when they do the test, maybe they don't have a mental illness after all. If you are someone who is struggling with suicide, depression, mental illness of any sort, please reach out and get the help that you need. Call the suicide hotline or find a trusted friend. Um, maybe you need to join an AA meeting or addiction center or Elkhart Re- and Elkhart. Adult Rehabilitation Center or anything to get you going. There comes a time where we need to be united in love, where we are not standing alone. And we're trying to live a life that's pleasing to God. But we as teenagers, children, as individuals of God or adults need someone to reach out to. So if you do know somebody who is struggling, or you are struggling, find research out there. There's all sorts of help out there. There's after school groups that kids can get involved in. There's programs that will help grieving parents, grieving kids who are going through some type of difficulty in their life. There's Oakland out there. There's support groups. All sorts of help out there. You just got to take the time to get to find the help in your neighborhood. There's help groups wherever you're listening in. Wherever you're chiming in on, whatever state you're in, there's help out there for you. Just take the first step to reach out and find that help. So once again, if you are somebody that is struggling with mental illness, a suicide, depression, bullying, whatever that may be, get the help that you need. You are somebody who is really needed to reach out. If you are someone that needs to reach out, reach out to your closest friend, a trusted adult, a trusted anybody. Maybe you need a journal, who knows. But remember, you are loved, you are smart, you are bold, you are a child of God. You can accomplish anything and everything as we go on with our life. Don't be afraid to reach out for the help. Sometimes it's looking outside at the beautiful sunshine and thanking God that you are alive. If you or if you know somebody that needs help in their life, be a friend. Say some kind words to them and let them know you are there for them 24-7, 365 days a week. Have a wonderful day.
residents and members here is something just for you you could attend the south bend artisan market and that will take place this coming weekend on march 11th through 12th and they are located at 120 south dr martin luther king 
Junior Boulevard. And this event will be cost. If you are 12 and under, you will be free. The early bird special for just $15 will be from 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. General mission will be $5, and that will take place from 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. And they will have over 100 vendors represented. If you are into vendors or looking into ways to support local businesses, be sure to head over and support your local small businesses and everybody in South Bend, Indiana. Take care. Calling all Plymouth, Indiana residents. Here is something just for you. You can attend the Plymouth Farmer's Market. And that is located on the corner of Dorado Street and River Street in Plymouth, Indiana. And the phone number for them is 574-217-5776. For more information, you can head over to PlymouthFarmersMarket.com. And they will begin their Farmer's Market kickoff season on Saturday, May 13th at 7 a.m. Once again, Plymouth Farmer's Market will kick off on Saturday, May 13th at 7 a.m. Be sure to check out your local gardeners and vendors at the Plymouth Farmer's Market. Take care and have a wonderful day. Calling all senior citizens of Elkhart County. You can head over to Elkhart Salvation Army located at 300 North Main to be able to receive a new pair of shoes sponsored by Salvation Elkhart as well as Shoe Carnival. And this event will take place on March 30th to 100 seniors. And they also will receive a 20% discount from Shoe Carnival to shop from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Shoe Carnival is located at 205 County Road 6 in Elkhart. For more information, you can contact them at 574-970-0088. Be sure to sign up and get registered if you would like a brand new pair of shoes to senior citizens in Elkhart County. Take care and have a wonderful day. Thanks for joining us at 11. I'm Terry McFadden. Happening tonight, the one-year anniversary is soon approaching for a local girl who took her own life after being bullied multiple times at Northside Middle School. Rio Allred's parents talk exclusively with 16 News Now about what this past year has been like for them. Our Monica Murphy has been passionate about keeping Rio's story in the spotlight and joins us now from the newsroom with more. Monica? Yeah, you know, as you can imagine, this past year has been incredibly tough for this family. They call it, quote, a roller coaster. You know, I remember talking to Rio's mom, Nicole Ball, just a few days after Rio died. And she told me, quote, Rio's death is not going to be in vain. Change is going to come from this. And she was right. Schools here locally are starting to implement new programs and have tougher policies. Rio's story is being shared internationally, and a local nonprofit called Rio's Rainbow was starting to raise awareness about bullying. She was a bright and funny girl who lit up a room. Rio Allred's mom and stepdad, Nicole and Aaron Ball, say they can't believe it's been almost a year, and they miss her presence. I can't believe it's we're looking at a year already. It's 
been very hazy, very foggy. A lot of good things, a lot of um, positive things have come out of the last year. It's like watching the ghosts of ourselves walking through each of these days. Knowing what's coming and knowing we can't do anything still. You just always know that there's something that's supposed to be there that's not. And even now, as we get, you know, closer to this date, everything feels weird. It feels like it did last year. Rio took her own life last March after heartbreaking claims that she was bullied at school. And since her death, calls are growing louder to investigate the bullying problem in schools. Meantime, Rio's Rainbow is implementing new programs like Building Hope week by week. And they have also teamed up with parents to start a coalition. We want people to be educated about, about what's at stake because the stakes are high. And if there's anything that um, Reels Rainbow or the Parent Coalition can bring to the forefront and provide those things, we are going to provide them. Victims of bullying, just like Rio, are getting politicians' attention. Just last month, a bullying bill passed unanimously by the Indiana House of Representatives, designed to put distance between bullies and their victims. We actually met with um, J.D. Ford, Senator Ford, this week. Um, to discuss this particular bill um, because there's you know it's it, it comes from a good place and it comes from like a point of need like it, this is needed like this is a conversation that needs to happen statewide and quite honestly countrywide and next Monday, people will be gathering for a candlelight vigil to remember Rio. It is taking place in Elkhart at Walker Park at 6 o'clock. It is open to the public. Terry. And I imagine it will be well attended. Monica Murphy reporting live tonight in the newsroom. Monica, thank you. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? Is it peaceful? Is it free like they say? Does the sun shine bright forever?
Is another uplifting encouragement for fun and joy. And these are original words by Richard Marie Martin. You can find more information by going to findingjoy.net or chiming in on her Facebook page. This is titled Inside. Let your inside match your outside. Be good. Be honest. Don't be fake. In the end, we need real people who care, who show up, who love. Be that kind of person. Create a ripple of good. Take care. Do you ever feel like you just need a break? Sometimes you fail. Just like the world is against you. Well, here, here is something just for you from finding joy it's okay friend you don't have to have it all together all the time it's okay if you take a night off it's okay if you don't have the answers it's okay if you're confused it's okay if you need a break it's okay if you're tired it's okay if you need a friend it's okay if you have moments where you doubt it's okay if you feel behind it's okay Oh my word, sweet friend, it is okay. It's okay. You are okay. You are wonderful. You are brave. You are darling. You are strong. You are unique. You are enough. You are enough. And enough often means being okay with being okay. It's okay to be okay. Rachel, hashtag finding joy.
as we wrap up Michigan 101, I leave you with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Hope you do get a chance to enjoy the sunshine, depending on where you're at. North Indiana, where I currently live, has sunshine. I'm watching the birds. I can hear the birds outside as they're chirping. There's snow. We don't like snow, but it's beautiful sometimes. Sometimes. Spring is right around the corner. We're about a week and a half approaching spring. And it will be wonderful. The flowers will be start to bloom. The leaves will start changing. There will be leaves on the trees and everything else will make the world a better place. Take care and have a wonderful day. Bye.